Hey guys, welcome back to the F1 Girls. I'm Amy. And I'm Rihanna. And today we are going to be talking about the Azerbaijani race weekend. So Ri, what a weekend it's been. This has definitely been the best race so far of the year. Probably one of the top races in the past few years that I can remember. I I don't know how we're going to fit this all in <laughs> into one recording. <laughs> this is crazy. But I suppose we know uh, Baku is always a good it's a good race. We there's always some kind of collision, or most definitely like a red flag, as we've seen in like past years. We've had um, Ricardo and Verstappen have a collision, also Ocon and Perez. So we just knew that something was going to happen this week. Yeah, it was definitely going to be one of the most interesting races, and it definitely lived up to that expectation. So well, let's just dive straight in with qualifying. Q1. Let's just talk about Q1 for a second. Oh my god. I think turn 15 just like wiped everyone out. Obviously, Stroll did his first crash, which brought out the first red flag, and it kind of all just took off from there. And obviously, that was hard for everyone because I think it was only Leclerc, he only got his time in, so everyone was like, shit. <laughs> we need to we need to get something in here. Yeah, definitely. Turn 15 was an absolute bugger for everyone. Um obviously. Like you say, Stroll crashed out. Giovinazzi crashed out as well. Two red flags in one qualifying. No, three red flags. No, two red flags. Nah, three. Yeah, because Q3. That was one. Yeah, but like three red flags in the entire qualifying. Like, that's crazy. It was so funny. I was actually watching it in a service station, like, because I was coming back from holiday and I was just like trying to keep the connection going, making sure it wasn't like bugging out because I was like, I need to, I need to see every second of this. <laughs> Let's just talk about quickly Norris getting his red flag penalty because I know that was, we put it on our social media and there was a few people saying that that penalty was a bit harsh. What do, what do you think? Um, I think from the outside, it might have looked harsh, but if you actually look at it, because obviously, so he got it for um, ignoring red flag procedure. And I think it was initially, he, the, his radio team told him a little bit late and obviously he was just coming up to the pit lane. He was going a bit too fast and I was like, well, it's not safe for me to go into pit lane. Can I stay out? And they said, yes. But then he accelerated after that. And I think if he hadn't accelerated, yeah, that would have been a bit harsh, but why on earth, why would you accelerate? Uh, under a red flag so yeah I think most most people said it wasn't too harsh and I when you look at it like that way I kind of agree I, I think that was worth a three-place penalty yeah I think I'm literally the exact same like if he hadn't have accelerated then I don't really see the problem but it's the fact that he did accelerate and honestly I think the penalty was it wasn't harsh at all so yeah it could be a lot worse it could have been what I think the other options five group penalties so yeah it, it could have been worse <laughs> yeah but I suppose after this was all while this was all going on um I think Russell did get out into Q1 in the end but he had a, a power unit issue I think something was leaking or something so all these red flags was the perfect opportunity for his team to fix his car I mean obviously in the end it kind of wasn't worth it because he had to retire from the race but you know <laughs> it, it did give him the opportunity so let's move on to q2 so obviously after the uh, disaster that was q1 we were hoping for a bit of a better qualifying round and um 
both Red Bulls were looking quite strong there. Yeah, 100%. It was, um, yeah, them two were looking good. And I think it's more the fact that the Mercedes weren't looking good. It was kind of like a, it was kind of like they were polar opposites because I think Bottas only finished P12 in Q1. Um, I think Hamilton was doing all right, but he was he was kind of lucky with some of the toes he got from other people. Bottas didn't get any toes from anyone. Um, so that's why he had such an abysmal performance in qualifying. But yeah, I think I think it's more the contrast of them not doing well. Um, Red that meant Red Bull looked especially good in that in that sense. Yeah, definitely. And somebody who didn't quite get Q two um, very well was uh, Ricardo. <laughs> Uh, it's just more like he sounded so upset on the radio when he when he crashed he's like sorry guys or something like that and you just you could just tell that like the pain in his voice knowing that like he cannot afford to do this at this point if he'd been having an all right season it would have probably been okay but he knows that he cannot make any mistakes because he has to get as much out of this the next few races as he can to almost redeem himself yeah, Ricardo's season has been frustrating to say the least. And it's just another thing that he just does not need at the minute. So I keep saying this every single episode, but I pray to God that he has a better race next time. Yeah, but we've been saying that for the last three races. <laughs> we're like, he's going to have a good race next time. And he just doesn't. And we're like, <laughs> I feel like we should just stop saying it or keep jinxing it. Yeah, it's solely our fault. We've we jinxed his career. <laughs> so then Q3, let's talk about that. Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think kind of going into Q3, because of everything that just happened, we didn't really know what was going to happen. So obviously the Mercedes weren't doing that well. Red Bulls were strong, but so Ferrari were also looking very good as well. Um, Sainz has been able to closely match with her very kind of easily. So it's... At that point, it was kind of nobody really knew what was going to happen. And obviously, look at landed that provisional pole. I think he got a, a nice tour of someone. That's probably why. Um, but I think the real star of Q3, Gasly, getting his P4. How amazing was that? That was so good. And obviously, we're going to talk a lot more about Gasly later on in this episode because he did incredibly well um, and ended up on the podium, which I was so happy about. But yeah, P4 for Gasly considering how he's been doing recently is really really good yeah 100% um and I, I suppose it's kind of unfortunate what happened next obviously Yuki crashes um which brought out a red flag which meant that a lot of people then couldn't put in a final time um so that led to the first provisional pole being the actual pole sitter and obviously I don't think signs crashed but I know that Yuki's crash put him off and I think he just went on to, into the runoff section. I don't think he actually like crashed, but that meant it was all over. And yeah, we got a very juicy uh, starting <laughs> starting line. Yeah, I was very happy that Leclerc got his, um, his pole and actually got to start the race rather than just, you know, get the pole and then not be able to start at all. So yeah, it was good for him. Yeah, exactly. It's actually, yeah, it's, it's nice yeah, to, to see him actually star race <laughs> rather than last time. But yeah, I suppose that brings us on to the start of the race. And I, yeah, I think um, Leclerc actually got a really nice start. Um, and I think 
as soon as Hamilton knew that Leclerc was got away nicely, he went straight over to block Verstappen, which was obviously a very smart move from him. And that just shows his experience in that sense, knowing when to call it a day with Leclerc and just go over and try and block Verstappen. Yeah, definitely. Although saying that a few uh, laps later, Hamilton did end up overtaking and Leclerc's um, race lead was unfortunately taken away from him. Yeah, it's, it's kind of surprising. I, I kind of thought the Ferraris had had a little bit more pace than um, what they did have. I mean, obviously, we can't really talk about signs that much because he um, went off and he locked up, so we he didn't get to go up with the front runners. But I kind of thought Ferrari would have been able to have kept up a little bit more. Um, but yeah, unfortunate. Yeah, so let's talk about Perez and his race start. He went up two places on that start. And I think he he ended up, he, I mean, he did pretty well, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> just a little bit. <laughs> just just a little bit. Just, he just got P1 there. <laughs> no big deal. <laughs> yeah, I think starts and restarts is, starts, restarts and pitch strategy is the place is the best place to make up easy like places kind of thing we don't have to put work into overtaking people so yeah if you can gain places from a start that is absolutely brilliant um it's a shame though because um Norris didn't get as good a start he kind of I think he lost out a little bit and he ended up down near where Ricardo was um and they yeah were fighting out not fine now but they were he was further down, but that's, that's kind of weird because Norris tends to get an okay start. He doesn't tend to lose out that often on the beginning, but yeah, that was a bit strange to see. Yeah, it was a difficult one for Norris. Like, he went from P9 to P12 within like the first lap, which it's frustrating to see because obviously we know what kind of driver Norris is and we know he he is able to get those good starts. So Maybe he was just having a bad day. Let's just hope he was having a bad day. Yeah, but I, I suppose whilst um, on lap three, whilst Hampton was overtaking Leclerc, um, Norris was, I think he was sat behind Bottas. And I heard him on this radio and he, and he was saying, it's a little bit difficult to try and overtake Bottas at the moment, but he's making a lot of mistakes. So just give me time. And I thought that was really interesting. The fact that I suppose if, if Bottas is all the way down there, he's when you're in the midfield it obviously gets quite tight especially go around corners and stuff and you've got people close in front of you and behind you so obviously it's you've got to think about driving and also what everybody else is doing so it's probably a bit easier to make mistakes but I would have thought Bottas wouldn't be making as many as Norris said he was which I just thought was a bit strange because Bottas although he hasn't had that great a performance this season I thought I thought it was just kind of more down to the unluck like his unluckiness maybe is actually down to his racing as well more in that sense yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah so it kind of almost went more downhill for Leclerc as that was happening lap seven Sappen overtook him and then lap 18 Perez overtook him it, it's just unfortunate that the Ferraris didn't have the pace this race and even I know we'll, we'll get onto this a bit later but even towards the end when he just wasn't getting around Gasly. I mean, that's an Alphatari. I mean, I know the Alphatari's are looking good this season, but for a Ferrari, they, they shouldn't be in that situation. They they just need to step up a little bit. 
Yeah, Ferraris. I get really frustrated with Ferrari because they look like they're doing really well and they're gonna like start flying through everything, and then it, they get a race like this where they just don't have the pace and they. It's like they were a competitor and now they're just like backing off almost. And I, I don't know. It's just it's frustrating to watch because you think they're gonna do well and then it's like no, we're not. We're gonna back up. <laughs> Yeah, they kind of like tease you like, oh, we've got pole twice and then we're just not going to do anything with that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but um, talking of Alpha Tauris, <laughs> Sonoda, that boy got a little bit of respect. <laughs> <laughs> Telling um, his race engineer to shut up. I know that like he's trying to concentrate and... There's a lot going on in that situation, but <sighs> it's just it's I know a lot of drivers get frustrated with their the person talking to them, their engineer or whatever. And like we always hear Kimmy doing it, but like the difference between Kimmy and Yuki, Kimmy is a world champion. He's been doing this for however long. He's kind of earned, earned the right. I mean, it's I suppose no one can ever earn the right to mean someone. But like it's a bit more understandable for him to do it. But then if it's your like, like this, this is a point we've made multiple times <laughs> over the last few episodes of the podcast. But he's not as a rookie driver. I don't think he's in the position to tell to be that rude to his team. I just I know he's in the heat at the moment that, but I'm like just just pipe down. You're lucky to be here <laughs> at the end of the day. He's literally six races in and he's telling people to shut up and he's been slagging off his team and all this kind of thing. And I'm just like, you, like you say, you haven't earned the right to do that yet. Like, it's, it just shouldn't be done in a rookie year. And I feel like he just, he needs to learn when to keep his mouth shut and when to not, you know? Mm. I mean, he should look at, obviously, Albon and Gasly. I mean, if it doesn't, if it doesn't go well for someone in, Red Bull or whatever, then you're out. So try and minimise any excuse <laughs> to give them for potentially doing. I'm not saying that would happen, but you know, just I'd just pipe down if I were you. <laughs> just pipe down, you keep pipe down. Okay, so let's talk about Hamilton and lap eleven. Yeah, lap eleven was an interesting one. So obviously, that's when Hamilton started reporting his balance issues, and it was at this point because I think in past years when obviously the Mercedes has the Mercedes has been clearly the better car obviously it's a bit more balanced out and some people are even arguing that um the Red Bull is the better car this year um we could see that he he was struggling like he that he was he just wasn't in a position to overtake yeah which is not good because obviously that gives us a little bit of hope doesn't it for um other people to get in over him yeah I suppose also in lap 11 as well signs um had his lock up and that's just Ah, uh, you can tell he's oh sorry guys and yeah that's that's just again unfortunate because he's still yet to put in a um, an amazing performance like obviously because Leclerc's got poles and stuff and things like that so for signs really I, I think this would have this race might have been potentially an opportunity for him to creep towards the podium obviously how it panned out in the end with both Lewis and Max being nowhere basically so potentially Ferrari had the opportunity to 
get a podium and it's I think that was the one incident that secured the fact that he wasn't even going to get the opportunity which is just a shame yeah I think um it really sort of changed his race that lock up and it meant it just meant that he wasn't going to be in the running for those top positions and obviously that's very frustrating as well and um obviously with it being like we've said before with Ferrari it's very hit or miss and he was almost on a hit and then the lock the lock up happened and it just it was a miss Mm. but yeah I suppose whilst that was going on um people were starting to think about pitting um unfortunately Hamilton had that slow four second stop which I, I think was definitely the point which kind of meant it the beginning of things going wrong I think and in in that sense he did that four second slow pit and then that allowed Verstappen to come out in front of him because he hit a beautiful 1.9 second pit which obviously is a a Red Bull classic they love doing sub two second pit stops but unfortunately they then brought Perez in and did a four second stop with him Um, but luckily he well luckily I'm I'm saying luckily because I I kind of want Red Bull to win over Mercedes Um, came out in front of Hamilton, so that obviously meant he went down to third. And then, well, actually, no, Vettel was, Vettel was P1 at this point. That I think that was just kind of like a little bit funny. <laughs> he was, I think he came up, we came up behind um, Verstappen and Perez, which is the important thing. Um, so, yeah, basically that slow pit, again, cost him splitting. Yeah, and the main reason for the slow pit, wasn't it, because Gasly was coming into the pit lane, and if they'd released him early, then it would have been an unsafe pit and they would have got penalised for it. Uh, yeah, but didn't, Ham- didn't Hamilton just, he did that of his own accord as well, didn't he? he didn't, yeah, if that was if that was of his own accord, then amazing stop him. Well, yeah, because otherwise he would have got a penalty, which obviously wouldn't have helped. Um, but yeah, this, once they'd all come out of the pits, Vettel was P1 because he hadn't pitted. And I think, yeah, that was just nice to see. I mean, we haven't, I think, was it Brazil 2019? I think they said that it was until the last time Vettel has led a race. So, yeah, that was just lovely to see. <laughs> so let's move on to lap 20, where it got interesting between Bottas and Norris. Yeah, it's, it was kind of weird seeing the, um, like, a Mercedes and the McLaren fighting, because, like, in the past, when, kind of the recent past, McLaren hadn't really been towards the top of the midfield, and obviously Mercedes have been, like, way above everyone else. So to see them actually, like tossing for a position it's this is kind of a little bit weird <laughs> seeing it just shows how much the grid has kind of come together a bit and for it not just being easy and like for either it not be a problem for Bottas or an easy an easy overtake for him but what I kind of found interesting is that his radio guy was saying oh we can predict you a top five finish I, I don't know what race he was watching but I, I didn't really see how that was possible at the time yeah definitely I think it, like you say, it's def- them two fighting for position has definitely shown like how much the grid has changed in the last year. Um, obviously, Bottas didn't have the greatest of um, seasons last year, but he had a better season than what he's having now. So, and it's like Bottas has become more of a midfield driver for me rather than being a top in the top positions that that's really that's really interesting 
to, to say because I suppose I kind of agree in the sense when they go oh who do you predict is gonna qualify first second third who's gonna win first second third I'm not putting Bottas in that top three anymore so yeah I suppose it just shows I mean obviously some of it's not his fault but like he does have a lot of opportunities to make it not the case and he doesn't take them so so moving on Stroll just did not have the weekend that he wanted lap 31 Stroll crashed out yeah I I suppose this is the cutaway we do want to see (laughs) rather than the one we don't (laughs) um but I I don't actually because I don't actually I don't know if the the reports haven't come in yet or I just haven't seen them but it it was kind of a it's a mix between either the hard tyres not lasting as long as they should or debris from the track in quote unquote um having seen what happened later on in the race i'm pretty sure that it probably was they chose the wrong tires because they said they'd gone for a softer compound than they did last year and the hard tires are supposed to last was it 40 45 laps and um strolls um burst or whatever happens after 30 so clearly he was well within the range of it should being safe to use those tires and obviously that didn't happen um but what was a shame though is because i think their strategy was keep stroll out as long as possible hope there's a red flag and then he'll end up being like very far up unfortunately he was the red flag so <laughs> didn't quite work out the way they wanted to yeah definitely i think I think, honestly, Pirelli just didn't do very well with their tyre choice, um, compound choice, sorry, this time. Um, Because obviously, if it had happened once, then you'd think, oh, it's a coincidence. But with it happening twice in a race, maybe not. Yeah, and I know we'll talk about this in a a little bit, but you can imagine how frustrating it is, especially if you're leading a race, for that to happen and it's completely not your fault. That is just probably the worst, worst kind of like feeling I can imagine. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So obviously when that happened, um, nobody was able to get into the pits. But once the pit lane was reopened, Schumacher didn't have the greatest of pits, did he? Yeah, that was that was kind of weird. Um, so yeah, he, he got released and I think it was the, the top left. Um, it just I don't think it had been like drilled on properly and it was just wobbling everywhere and he had to be wheeled back. Um I mean for a has car at the end of the day, you know you're gonna be last or second last. So does it really matter? <laughs> does it really matter? But <laughs> yeah, that's a shame. I think as well they were very lucky that he managed to stop the car before the end of the pit lane and they didn't get a penalty for that because on, like you say, it probably wouldn't have mattered as much, but it's more the fact that it happened. Yeah, yeah definitely. That was a good spot from whoever whoever actually spotted that. So, yeah, I, I suppose after that, I think we really saw Vettel start to shine because he was in a... The, obviously, the pit strategy worked for him, keeping him out longer. So, obviously, he was putting a good race performance and this is where he overtook Leclerc and Gasly. And... I feel bad because like at the beginning of, of the season I was like I was I was I made Vettel syndrome like a term that I just used I can't use that term anymore <laughs> I'm just the last two races to prove I cannot use that term anymore he I'm just hoping this isn't just like two freak occurrences I really hope that this is him coming back 
<laughs> in that sense. Yeah, I'm hoping that this just means that he's now like comfortable in the car and he is back to his normal self of being the competitive driver that we know he is. But yeah, um, he did incredibly well this race to go from, what, P11 to P2. Oh my God, wow. Yeah. <laughs> that, that, yeah, that that is amazing. And it, almost, it really does highlight how important, I'm hoping that the reason that he is comfortable with the car, but it just shows how important it is for someone to be comfortable with the car because we see the perfect example is Gasly. When he went to Red Bull, he wasn't, he just wasn't comfortable in the car. And that deflects his performance. The second he was back in the Tauri, he performed amazingly. And it, it just shows how much the synergy between the car and the driver is important. And I'm, I'm glad that Vettel was able to find that. And hopefully other drivers who are currently not at odds with their car, maybe Ricardo. <laughs> hopefully this is a sign that maybe things will get better for him. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So let's talk about one of the biggest things that happened in this race. And that was in lap 47 when Max Verstappen crashed out. Obviously, we mentioned about the tyre issue um, when we spoke before about Stroll's crash. But for Verstappen, there was a lot riding on him getting this race. Yeah, 100%. I mean, because he and uh, Max was a few points ahead of Lewis in the Drivers' Championship. Um, I think both Mercedes and Red Bull at that time were very close points-wise, obviously, he knew he needed those 25 or potentially 26 points and when that happened I just thought no Hamilton's well he's got this in the bag now isn't he <laughs> I was like there is absolutely no way that if Hamilton did get 25 or 26 points it's going to be very hard for Max to make up those points later on in the season because Lewis is unbelievably consistent he's he rarely doesn't finish or very rarely makes a mistake that makes him fall down or DNF whatever um so, yeah, when I saw that, I was like, if Hamilton finishes first, there's actually very minimal opportunity for him to bring the championship back. <laughs> yeah, definitely. However, Hamilton made a uh, made a boo-boo on the restart um, and ended up locking up and basically killing his race. I, lit I, lit I think I screamed at the TV. I'm not even kidding. I was like, what... Hamilton never makes mistakes like that oh my god and he, he'd actually got quite a good restart he was I think he just got Perez and Perez was like oh no <laughs> and then he just goes off to the runoff area and I literally was gobsmacked I was like oh my god this changes everything <laughs> yeah the whole race just sort of changed so dramatically literally just before it was meant to be finishing as well yeah, you, you couldn't make that up. But I suppose for someone who did get an amazing restart, Alonso made up four places. I suppose Alonso's Alonso. If anyone could do that, it's him, right? <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, like we say, Alonso is a very well-seasoned driver. He, know, he knows what he's doing. And he kind of just proved that in making up those four places at the restart. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's nice to see, because um, he, he finished P6 in the end, and it's just nice to see, because he hasn't really been anywhere. He's been he's just been, like, hanging around midfield. He hasn't put in an amazing... He has, yeah, he hasn't 
been up there so it's yeah this this is definitely it's just nice to see really because I think he's come obviously he's come back with the intentions to win a championship it's probably everyone was thinking once the regulations change that's probably going to be more viable so it's probably frustrating for him just being kicking around the midfield so to get a fairly good points finish is obviously like just a nice break for him I guess yeah definitely so let's just talk about the podium position sitters we have uh, Perez, Vettel and Gasly obviously Gasly was very close to losing that position um, from Leclerc yeah they were putting in a real that was that was really exciting towards the end and I it, it just it just shows how talented Gasly is to be able because I, I would say probably the Ferrari and the Aftari are, are probably kind of evenly matched I'd say performance wise so it's, it's kind of almost just down to driving ability and yeah Gasly just pulled out of the bag and obviously we know how talented Leclerc is so yeah just amazing performance from him but what's also nice is looking at the podium it's nice to see when every single one is as happy as the person who one, I think I saw a tweet saying that, but I was just like, that's so true. When, because there's been podiums in the past, I think it was when, um, I can't remember, there was, there was, it was, Science was in second. Um, oh, yeah, it was, I think it's when Gazi, when Gazi won him. Um, it was, he, Gazi was first, Science was second, and, and Stroll was third. And Science and, and Stroll, even though that was like an amazing finish for them, they were both a bit bummed out that they didn't get first. But the, the difference with that podium, this podium, every single one of those people were just so happy to be where they were. And it's it's just nice to know that they were all just happy with what they got. And that's just so lovely to see. And they were also happy for each other, which is one of the main things as well. I know um, there was a thing going around and Vettel was, um, well, on his radio said to tell Checo, like, congratulations in his language and ended up saying Merry Christmas and... There's the whole thing. <laughs> but it's nice to see that the sort of sportsmanship of it. Yeah, 100%. Um, and obviously, speaking of Vettel, uh, Mr. Sebastian Vettel got driver of the day. I think, I mean, usually I disagree with driver of the day, but this one, I yeah, 100%. He put in an amazing performance. I wouldn't pick anybody else for it. I'm 100% happy with that. So that is the end of today's episode, guys. Thank you so much for listening and we will be back next week with a brand new episode. Thank you, everyone. Bye.